Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Everything Pistons podcast, where we only talk about the Detroit Pistons. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a comment, give us a rating, and more importantly, hit that subscribe button. All right, let's get this started. I'm Lance Caprosa, and I'm with Andrew from Everything Pistons. It's preseason, two games, the New York Knicks, um, both being played at the Little Caesars Arena. That's a little unique. Um, what were your thoughts after that first New York Knicks game? Yeah, so after the first one, um, I didn't really want to put too much into it. I mean, turnovers galore. Killian Hayes was looked like he was trying to play too fast, forcing too many shots. And if we're going to be realistic, he did tonight as well. So that's two games where he's just been forcing these shots. Um, but we're just talking about the first game so far. Um, Josh Jackson – famously three fouls in three minutes uh, uh, being on the floor. So it was just a helter-skelter turnover fast. These players didn't trust each other, didn't know each other. So, uh, I mean, I wasn't walking out of it upset or, you know, man, this season's going to be garbage or anything like that. But there were some good things. More good things came out of this second game. But – this team, I think what it showed that first game is there's a lot of work to do. Well, what were the good stuff coming out of the first game, though? Because I am I have the box score pulled up, and I can tell you just by looking at the paper, there are three guys that stand out, and there's really only two of them whose game – I mean, there are three guys that scored in double digits, but only two of them really stood out from watching them. And I think you know where I'm going with one of them is rookie, Sadiq yeah. Bay, and then Sfi Mikhailov who really didn't play tonight, but we'll get into that in a minute. But, like, what were some high notes? What were some positives you were taking from game one? Well, those two right there. I mean, Sadiq Bay, he also had a, a rough shooting night, but it seemed like once he started hitting, those shots started to fall in clumps, and he started feeling himself. He Sadiq plays with a lot of energy, and I, I he's made me a fan early. Yeah, you were, so. you were texting me about that, but – 
Um, the thing I liked about Sadiq Bay was no hesitation when it was pulling up on the three, yeah. other than a few possessions where the defender was probably like three or four feet away from him. This was just a few things that I noticed where like he pulled up the shoot, but then he thought for a second, can I drive? And that will come with more playing time as yeah. he gets and adjusts to the speed of the NBA game. But he has showed a lot. He showed a lot in the first game, a lot of confidence, a lot of energy, um, no has very little hesitation. And he showed somewhat of an all around game where I think a lot of Pistons fans and, you know, us two included, we kind of thought like, all right, this dude's a three and D player. He's going to be a nice supporting role player, probably a starter. But I think he showed so much more in game one and then a little in game two as well. But um, Sfi Mikhailu, I was really impressed. I think you're the one that tweeted there was a little Clay Thompson to his game. Yeah. And, there, I, think, yeah. and I think it was right after that uh, top of the key three that he had where he just took one dribble and he just pulled up and his body was kind of leaning forward yep. towards the rim. And I was like – and I was with you. I didn't, I didn't tweet it or retweet you, so my apologies. But I was like – Dude, he's right. Like, that was very Clay Thompson right there. Like, one or two dribbles, pull up, you know, the gun's out, safety's off, pulling that trigger real quick. Yeah. I loved watching Speed do that. He, he's Clay Thompson behind the arc, but inside the arc, he's, he's much better. You think so? I, I do. I think with his post game, now maybe I'm having some, you know, I, we really haven't seen Clay play in the last couple of years due to injuries. So maybe I'm having some, some memory loss, but I do think Svee's better down on the block than, than Clay is. The only thing that Svee has going against him, and it's a huge weakness, and we've talked about this on like two or three other podcasts, it's his wingspan. So like he tends to get shot. I mean, he tends to get blocked a lot inside the post, like inside five feet. But I mean, he has the length and he has the athletic ability to overcome some of that, but it's still somewhat of a weakness. But, yeah, I agreed with you on that tweet, especially on that one shot that he took where I was like, damn, he really does have some Clay Thompson to his game. I mean, yeah. I don't think he has the career of Clay Thompson, but I think no. like we're looking at a Clay Thompson light type of player. So, but, I mean, in speaking of game one, who are you most disappointed with, though? Most disappointed with? I think I, I think I have an idea of where you're going, but I'll see if you say his name. <laughs> Good. I mean, I, I no, I'm not even disappointed in in Mason Plumley because I know what he is, and he's an Aaron Baines light, uh, hand, hands like stones. So, um, no, I, I honestly I didn't have any expectations. I didn't go into the game expecting Killian Hayes to drop twenty. Or, or Blake to drop 30. I didn't go into the game expecting Jeremy Grant to go off, have six steals, and throw three off the backboard alley-oops to himself. You know, so I, I didn't have expectations. So, and I think that's the way I, I cracked the code. That's the way you have to watch the Pistons. You just have no expectations, and you never get let down. You got to have expectations. Okay. Let me ask you this, though, and we'll get into this again, but after the first two games, are you more excited about this season than you were last year? Do you think this roster is better than it was last year, or are you still kind of like, eh, still iffy? I think – ah, man. See, that's hard to say because this year's rosters, again, we've talked about it, but it's it's based off of rookies. So 
I think if I was to have to take a, a set roster and I'm only playing one year with them, last year's Pistons or this year's Pistons, and I got to play this season coming up with that team, I honestly think I'm going to take last year's roster. But if I'm starting a franchise and I'm, you know, moving a, I, you know, Andrew from everything Pistons here, I just bought a franchise and, and we're, we're moving it to Bay city, Michigan. So, and if I had to take a roster, I'm obviously going to take this one. I think this Pistons roster is going to be better in the long run than anything that the last year or some previous year squads have done. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I think I would still take this team, though, even over last year's team. I like the depth of it, and I think, like, I mean, after watching Sadiq Bey play the first game and watching Killian Hayes the last two, I like those two guys more than, like, even Tony Snell and Reggie Jackson last season. So I I would go with this team. But does the – because what's Sadiq – he went four for 12. I'm off the top of my head, correct, in game one. And Killian Hayes, two for, was it 11? Yeah, he went two for 11 tonight. Yeah, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm confusing. My, my whole main point of this is, is the, the lack of shooting a concern going forward for us, what should be our starting point guard? And another either off the bench fringe starter rotation guy. So uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Killian Hayes. The things I like about him is the dude is always looking to set up his teammates. He's actually really crafty and he's pretty good at getting at the rim. And even when he doesn't have a shot, he can be midair, but it's like that. He's, his eyes are still moving when he know he doesn't have the shot and he's up in the air. Like his eyes are still moving. I like that part, which can be kind of dangerous throwing passes like that. The thing I hate about his game, though, is he has a really slow release on his jumper. So even when he was stepping back, defenders were able to still get a hand in his face. And I get it's the NBA, and there's still a learning curve for him. But his jumper just looks slow to me. So the, the shooting is a little bit of a, a concern. And he's 6'5", and he's pretty athletic, even though there are a lot of concerns about how athletic he was. I am not concerned with his athletic ability whatsoever. but. I want to see him attack the rim more. And I don't want to see him do so many step back threes. I'd rather have him learn to pass and relocate and spot up shoot a little bit more. Cause I think that's where he's at in his development so early. Like he's probably better at getting his feet set and not shooting off the dribble so much. I just don't want to see that part of his game. So that's concerning, but I do like where we're just speaking offensively here. I do like that. He's always looking to pass his teammates. I like that he, he's actually a pretty strong finisher around the rim, even though I've only seen him so in such a small it's such a small sample size. But the thing that I hate the most is just the step back and the sidestep threes. I could seriously live without those for right now from him. Just run the offense, look for your guys, and set them up. And then there's another positive from him coming from the other side of the ball. It's his defense, man. Like that dude wants to he wants to he wants to lock you down. And you saw that a lot when he was guarding Dennis Smith Jr. And it looked like his confidence was up when he was guarding Frank Nittikalina. Like, you could kind of tell, like, dude, this dude's not an offensive threat. I'm going to take him out of his game. And maybe there's, like, a little bit of that, I don't know, there's, like, some rivalry between them because they both played in French League basketballs. I don't – basketball leagues, I don't know. But um, 
I love how active he is on defense. I love how his hands are always moving. He's always trying to tap the ball. But what do you but what do you like and dislike from Killian Hayes based on these first two games of preseason basketball? Yeah, so I like uh, a lot of the same things you like, so I'm not going to sit here and, and repeat them. But what Achillian's favorite passes, and it's not a very easy pass to make, is he the, the weak side three. So he's on the strong side probing and dribbling, and he's got to whip that pass through the paint over the top to the weak side corner or uh, uh, top three. And it's not a not an easy pass to make, but he makes it almost every time. So that's an aspect that I like the being able to kick out very Derrick Rose esque, if I can say that. Um, another thing that you said that I don't like is the kind of the step back threes. Now, I don't think he's like crazy with them, like Harden, you know, where he's actually maybe lowering his percentage. But there was a, a shot tonight where he had an open three and he kind of hesitated and it almost looked like he, he predetermined that he was going to take the step back shot. And when he predetermined that he was going to shoot that step back shot, it gave the defense time to recover and he ended up taking a contested three and I believe airballing it or missing it pretty badly. So I know what shot you're talking about. He needs he needs to get his decision making right, but that's not something that I'm gonna hound a, a 19 year old starting point guard. That's really in one of the in a year unlike any that we've seen in the NBA. Really just being thrown into the fire. I mean, no no summer league to work out kinks. Very little, you know. Uh, team activity because of the virus very little five on five run he gets four preseason games and then we're off to the races so you know I said this before Friday's game you know we better be ready for the roller coaster season that comes with a rookie point guard working out his kinks because do I, I believe Dwayne Casey's gonna play him regardless of if he's having a if he's struggling that night or not you know you just got to do it Okay, so do you agree with that coaching philosophy when it comes to Killian? Do you agree with them just letting him work through his mistakes and just allowing him to play basketball? Absolutely. Kind of find his game? I mean, absolutely. Now, every team is different. It, would it make sense to let a rookie point guard work through his mistakes on the Golden State Warriors? No, you got Steph Curry. But what does Detroit have? We, I mean, we got Derrick Rose. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and he's a great point guard. He's a very serviceable first-string point guard and maybe an even better off-the-bench point guard because of what he brings to the second unit. But other than that, no, we don't have anybody else to say, you know, man, if he was starting, this point guard play would be so much better. So I, I completely agree with letting him work out through this season. Okay, so same question, but it applies to Jeremy Grant. Because I've been kind of disappointed with him. And I know he'll get better. And I know being the number one option, I guess, or, you know, maybe a top two option, whatever he is now, he's just getting more shots. I've been a little disappointed that he's been trying to force his shot and his offense to come. He's been doing it a little too much, in my opinion. But it's the same question. 
do you would do you want to see Dwayne Casey still play him and allow Jeremy Grant to work through that as a 26 year old player who kind of already had a role in the NBA as an athletic three and D guy, Swiss Army knife on defense, can guard multiple positions. Do you like that Jeremy Grant is forcing his offense and working and trying to play through a new role on a team? Well, no, uh, of course I don't. But I think a lot of this comes from just a hodgepodge team thrown together this offseason. I I mean, Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumlee played together over, you know, but other than that, these these guys haven't really played together and they're learning each other. And like we were just saying, this is a year in the NBA unlike any other. I mean – an extremely long off season for the Detroit Pistons and an extremely short off season for the teams that made it to the finals. So we're working through the kinks of having a new crazy season. We're working through the kinks of a rookie point guard. We're working through the, the kinks of having a brand new team. Now, what I will say is I will judge Jeremy Grant have, with a more heavy hand than I judge Killian Hayes. And that being, you know, if you're going to say, I'm going to come over to Detroit because I need a bigger offensive role, okay, you better fill those shoes then. Because it's not me saying Jeremy Grant needs to hit more threes, Jeremy Grant needs to dunk more, or he needs to drive more. It's Jeremy Grant saying, I need a bigger opportunity to prove who I can be. So, okay, I'm going to judge you accordingly. So I, I agree with you again. I, I, I'm a disappointed. I, a lot of people were expecting him, him to have a great game, his first game coming out. Again, I didn't have any huge expectations, but I did expect more out of him. But again, I'm not going to overreact. What I mean, is that fair, though? Because think about it, like Killian Hayes, he's coming over to the NBA. I get he's younger, but he's starting into a new role as a starting point guard of the Detroit Pistons. And you got Jeremy Grant coming over from a championship contender, really, in Denver, now into more of a starting role, bigger offensive load to the Detroit Pistons. I mean, if we can say it's fair to give Killian Hayes like a longer leash, we should say the same thing about Jeremy Grant. Because now, like Dwayne Casey's saying, I'm going to allow you to create your offense. I'm going to allow you to give you the ball, and I'm going to drop some isolation plays. So, I I mean, I am going to be harsher on him myself but I don't think it's always necessarily fair with some of the things that I see on social media from people. And that's kind of where this is coming from in that, you know, you have to allow him just to work into, uh, into his new role. That's what you have to allow him to, you have to learn to figure out what is going to work for him and what's not going to work for him as more of a offensive threat and more of a, and having a bigger offensive load compared to what, what he had on the Denver nuggets. Like you got to give him time to figure it out. So I I mean, I kind of agree with you in the sense that you should be harsher on him, but also I just feel like we got to be patient with him just as much as we can be, just as much as we're going to be with Killian Hayes and all the other rookies. Because even though he's a veteran, he's still kind of a rookie in the sense that it's a bigger offensive load, and that's it. I mean, if that makes sense. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. But to me, it does. So I'm going to go with it. But um, Jeremy Grant, I like him. I I will say this, though. His, he's so much better as an offensive player when he's moving without the ball, you know, and like he knows how to create space and get a shot off without the ball in his hands. But instead we're seeing this guy like 
over dribble, trying to do these little clear outs. And it's, that's the frustrating part, I guess I'll say. Like the great players, they know their strengths and they know what their bread and butter is and they stick with it. And I think that's what Jeremy Grant is finally going to learn in his first season with Detroit. So it's going to be some growing pains. Absolutely. I mean, that, that comes with uh, any new team. But, you know, one thing, another thing I like, going back a few questions here as I'm kind of uh, scrolling through Pistons Twitter as you're talking, um, Killian Hayes and uh, Svi are getting up extra shots as we sit here and record this podcast after the game. Both of them added uh, – well, Sabi went one for five and one of three from the outside. So he, he had an off night for Sabi, and we know, we know Killian struggles from the floor. I mean, I think he's made, what, a total of five shots in two games? And he's yeah, taken, something like that. He's taken like 24, 25, 26 shots. I mean, it's, it's really just not a great look for him. And a lot of fans were looking – for him to have a bigger start, but he's out there after just playing a whole game and he's getting up extra shots. So it looks like he's willing to work. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to call for his head after two games. So, so what was, like, like you said, there's going to be some growing pains. What was the biggest difference though, between game one and game two, not talking about an individual player, but talking about the whole team. What well, did you team, notice? The team played as a team collectively. I mean, Killian Hayes looked more settled this game, more relaxed. He let the offense come to him. He didn't force any threes. His first three that he hit, first three of his career was beautiful. I mean, he he passed the ball, ran to the corner. He got it back and hit it right in rhythm. Three looked good, shot looked good, went in. So he, he let the offense come to him. Jeremy Grant the same. And Blake Griffin was, was cooking early. D. Rose was in his bag early. And then all of a sudden, Sekou Dumboya kicks in the door and says, I'm here too, and explodes in the second half. Yeah, he had 21 points, wasn't it? Yeah, I, nope, 23 maybe, points. 23 yeah, I was going to say 23 rebounds. And, and what, 12 minutes, though? 18. 18, 18 minutes. I mean, yeah. so that, that's better than a point a minute. Yeah, it was just he exploded onto the scene, and so, I, I was happy to see that. Let's talk about Seiko, though, for a minute. So I've been – I was tweeting this out, and I was saying – I've been – I've said this a lot recently, whether it's on this podcast, whether it's on Reddit, or whether it's on Twitter, or even really just getting into, you know, talking to people on Instagram. Um. I don't think Seiko is going to be a full-time starter in Detroit. I really don't. I think he's going to have a role similar to Lamar Odom in Los Angeles when he was there. Kind of like that Swiss Army knife, sixth man coming off the bench, can do a little bit of everything. But he's going to have those good games. He's going to have those bad games because his energy, his motivation, his um, just his – I mean, I've had the word on the, I have the word on the tip of my tongue – his um, why can I not think of this? His focus, I should say, will be different from game to game. Like it just doesn't seem like he's always there mentally. Like once he gets those first couple easy baskets, it seems like he's more involved. But I just think he's going to be more as a bench player in the NBA, a really high end bench player that you know you look at, kind of like how Al Harrington was 
in Indiana, kind of how Lamar Odom was in Los Angeles, kind of how Antoine Jameson was when he played for Dallas. Just a very skilled player, but just a little inconsistent from game in, from game one to game two to whatever. He's just too inconsistent for me. I just, I think this is more of an anomaly and not something we can expect from Seiko all season. What are your thoughts on what I just said? Uh, I agree as well. Um, I think Sadiq Bay in that first game took some minutes from from Seku at that three spot. Um, Seku could still back up Blake at that four, but if Josh Jackson comes into his own, that could be a backup four. Um, and then, yeah, you're just talking about Dumboya really backing up um, Sadiq Bay at the three. So I, 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 I think even with his, his big performance tonight, and I hope it continues, I'm with you. I don't really necessarily see it continuing, though. Not saying that he's a bad player, not saying that he's not going to have nights where he drops 20, but I think he's going to have dro- nights where he drops eight and three more than when he dropped 23 and, and whatever he dropped assist-wise tonight. <clears throat> So he's 23, five rebounds, zero assist. But, I, I mean, I think the things that he does well, like cutting to the basket, um, getting a hand in people's faces, kind of showing that whole arsenal of, like, that very versatile skill set that really just hasn't been developed yet. I think he's going to show that from night in to night out. But really, I mean, there are people yeah. for calling for him to be the starter now. And it's just like, dude, you know, pump the brakes just a little bit. This is a good game from Seiko. We've seen this before, but we've seen a lot of bad games where he just doesn't seem interested in playing at, playing at those nights. Even in game one in preseason, there was a moment where he's looking back at the bench and he just throws his hands at Dwayne Casey. Like, and Dwayne Casey's trying to coach him from the bench, and he's just like, fuck out of here, man. I got this. And it's just – Yeah. And, I mean, maybe it's because he's young. I don't know. Maybe my I, – I mean, I, I try to have as much – optimism when it comes to Seiko but at the end of the day man I just think this dude is he's gonna be he's gonna be a very good bench player for the Detroit Pistons that's what I think but I'm sorry I cut you off what were you gonna say oh I don't even remember now bud oh that's okay that's okay (laughs) (laughs) all right so uh Jaleel Okafor you like him what do you think about him on this team he's I don't know when did I ever say I liked him Pretty sure you got a text from you saying you know. liked him. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. I think he's he's he had a nice spin move tonight that a man his size probably. I mean, he's still the the uh, I forget who it was. Whoever was point guard for the Knicks at the time took the charge. Um, but he had a nice little spin move that a man his size really shouldn't be able to do. Um, so he's got a little footwork. He's got a little you know, a little bit of game to him. But there's a reason why he's in Detroit and not a, a big name. Because he was drafted pretty high, correct? Yeah, I think he was drafted like third overall. Yeah, yeah. I I was thinking he was top five. So, uh, I mean, a man of his stature really, when you're drafted that high, you're looked at to be a star in the NBA. And, I mean, he's not, but – he's another one of these guys in Detroit that has to prove himself. I mean, I said it last, last podcast, this team is made up of guys that 
you say, oh, man, if they could get more minutes, they can produce. Well, here's your time to shine, boys. You know, this is, this is it. Whoever gets the minutes and produces within those minutes is going to play for this team because this team has nothing else. There's no uh, – the first player that pops into my head, like just Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard could have four off games in a row. He's not going to the bench. But no, but if Svi has four off games in a row, hey, we might might go Wayne them tonight and shake it up, you know, or or something like that. So, yeah, if if you get your minutes on this team and you produce and and you play defense, you're going to get time. So the thing about Jaleel Okafor that's interesting is drafted third overall, he's kind of your classic back-to-the-basket big man kind of like a relic in today's NBA where you don't you don't see it that often. You just don't – like if you played in the 90s or the early 2000s, he's probably still a starter in Philadelphia and he's probably an all-star by now. I have no idea. The thing I liked about him, though, and I and, – and, and, I mean, I do want to talk about him because, like, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I have a thing for big guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like, I like the classic back to the basket, give me my 20 touches a game and let me do work. Like – I like that. But Jaleel Okafor, um, the thing that I like about him, and I would never have expected this when he was coming out of Duke, he runs the floor hard. I love that about his game. He looks to try to get easy baskets. He's kind of added a jump shot to his game. He's a reliable bucket. He'll get you two points. And he's productive in a limited number of minutes. He's the perfect player to come off the bench. He's kind of like Ennis Cantor in a way, where it's like, yeah, he sucks on defense. He's going to hurt you on that end. But, man, for 12 to 18 minutes a game, the dude's going to get rebounds. He's going to put his hand in people's faces. And he's just going to be a headache for who's ever guarding him in the post. And I like that. And, I mean, that's why I like Julie Logafer. I mean, he's a Detroit kind of guy for me. Just a dude that can get you a bucket. He can get some rebounds. And he's going to run the floor. He's going to work hard. Like, he's going to push Isaiah Stewart. He's going to push Seiko. He's going to push everybody else on this team because that dude is still hungry for the next contract. So, Jaleel Okafor, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for him to be in Detroit, even though I only think he probably averages 15 to 18 minutes a game. So that's it. Um, now, after watching two preseason games, I'm going to ask you again, because I've already asked this, but what are your expectations for the season of Detroit? What, are you gonna, what do you think are going to be some highs and what do you think are going to be some lows for this team? Um, so my highs are going to be I can see – a couple players having just insane games. Like I'm talking like highlights on on NBA insane. So 30 points or higher. I think that could come from one V. I think it will come from him. Um, I think Killian Hayes can have a breakout game. Um, And I think um, we just talking about Jeremy Grant will be another one that, scores close to 30, maybe more than he doesn't. Um, and some lows, I mean, we've, we've kind of already talked about it, just the lows of having a rookie point guard working out the kinks. I, I mean, it, it's going to be rough. It, it's going to be another Detroit Pistons season. I mean, we're, we're not strangers to, to the roller coaster years of 
having Josh Smith on the team and then cutting Josh Smith and then going on a 12 game win streak and then Brandon Jennings going down and then we're losing everything. And then we get Reggie Jackson and then 2016 comes around and him and Blake lead us to the playoffs. And then we get spanked by Milwaukee and then we're, next year Blake Griffin goes down and then Derrick Rose goes down and like we're used to this all right so it's gonna be another season of just ups and downs yeah there'll probably be a few win streaks where Killian Hayes looks like he's gonna be better than Isaiah Thomas and then there's gonna be losing streaks where fans are calling for Casey's head because we didn't draft Obi Toppin or some of these other guys that were available when Killian Hayes was available you ever needed 30 seconds of somebody to describe the last five years for Detroit, Andrew just did it perfectly right there. Roller coaster ride, injuries, people going down, streaks of wins and losses, calling for the coach's head. Yeah, that's been Detroit basketball the, the past yep. couple of years. But um, the highs for me, you're going to see a lot of bright spots from the young guys, from Jeremy Grant. You're going to see some moments from guys that you didn't even think were going to make the roster. You're going to see some fun. It's going to be a fun season. I don't care what anybody says. They're going to push the ball. Derrick Rose is going to have those vintage moments. Yep. I mean, I haven't even seen a Blake Griffin dunk, so that's going to happen. That's probably going to be the highlight. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully of the season. But the lows, they're going to be bad. There's going to be turnovers. There's going to be low-scoring games. I mean, like, game preseason game one, I mean, the final score was 90-84. to 84. That's like the Warriors versus Lakers in the third quarter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. Just... I, I think that was more attributed to bad offense than good defense. Yes. I mean, yeah. what, both teams had 21 or 24 turnovers? It was bad. It was really yeah, bad. It, it, it was rough. Yeah, and I think the Pistons only had 66 points after <laughs> after three quarters, and they only scored 14 in the third quarter. So, I mean, yeah, you're well, going to Third work... quarter collapses, death taxes, and third quarter collapses. Yep. <laughs> it is just going to be – so those are going to be the lows. It's going to be low-scoring games, but you're going to see some high-scoring games as well. You're going to see some ton of turnovers this year. You're going to see some moments where – you're just going to see some – you're just going to be see some bright spots from this team. It's going to be – it's just going to be one hell of a roller coaster ride all year round. And I'm excited. So now we've seen, do you think this is the starting lineup though? They're starting in game one. No. Hayes, uh, Delon Wright. What? Who do you, no, I mean, I don't. And, and Dwayne Casey's already said it. Don't put any stake into the starting lineup. I mean, he's, uh, he, Dwayne Casey's going 12 deep with his rotation before halftime. So, uh, oh, yeah, so, but. I don't I don't think this is the lineup. I think again, I've already gave my lineup of one Hayes, two Svee, three Bay, four Blake, five uh, yeah. Say his name. Say his name. Mason Plumley. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Okay, no, I, I do think it's gonna be Hayes, Delon Wright, Jeremy Grant. Blake Griffin and then Mason Plumley. What's That's going to be what, your starter? What's Delon Wright done in these last two games? He done anything? Nothing he's, memorable. You no, know, he's dribbled the ball. He's played decent defense, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Like, I mean, that is. He did get his his shit stuffed though on one of the plays. He tried to float it up like, and Nerlens Noel was like, "This is why I was drafted in the top ten, bro." Yeah, you see this length. You see this. You can't. You if you can't score over me. You ain't scoring on anybody in today's NBA. 
So, yeah, you're, you're right. You haven't seen anything from DeLon Wright. I think the best part about talking about him is I've actually pronounced his first name right. So About time. <laughs> yeah, about time. Um, another guy, real quick, just want to give a shout-out to him. Saban Lee, bro. I don't care what anybody says. That dude's a ball player. I hope he makes the roster. I love watching him play. His favorite part of his entire game is he dribbles. The entire defense collapses on him because he's super fast. He's super athletic, and then he just kicks it out to, like, Josh Jackson or Seiko when they hit a three. Man, I love – I love Saban Lee, and I hope he makes this team. I, and, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned your boy Isaiah Stewart yet. No, I was going to save him for when he actually does something. But – um. Yeah, three, you know. him about him after game one. Oh, his energy was so great. I'm like, man, yeah, his energy is great, but he's not coming down with rebounds. He's just tipping it around. In, I mean, you got to come down with it too. In seven minutes in game one, he had four rebounds, two points. In eight minutes in game two, he had three rebounds. So he's had seven rebounds in four in about 15 minutes. Yeah, so, Andre Drummond has that in the first seven minutes. Yeah, that's Andre Drummond, not six nine, seven foot five wingspan Isaiah Stewart here. I mean, but I also, get it. I get it. Also, Andre Drummond, you know what I'm saying? Like those were the expectations. Everybody hated the pick of Isaiah Stewart at 16. And how dare you badmouth the future center, the guy that will help us get a championship in Detroit? I how, think I think at the end of the year, I think he could be the the starter over Plumley. I mean, he does – he has a motor, man. Like, that's the thing about Isaiah Stewart. Like, he's constantly running up and down the floor. Like, he's he's usually one of the first guys back, which I was actually kind of surprised by. But, man, he just takes off. But his energy, he wants to protect the rim. There was one play, though, and this was, like, right before I texted you what he was doing. I forget who was trying to um, get around him. I think it was Nerland's Noel. But <laughs> – Isaiah Stewart, he has his butt into him, and he's, like, posting up. And he's such a big dude. Like, Nerland's Noel could not get around him. And Saban Lee's just moving his body in front of him. Yeah. So, Nerland – and he was creating all this space. But they didn't find him at all, and he would have had an easy two. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Isaiah Stewart, man. Him and Saban Lee, I'm telling you, man, they're going to be contributors at some point during the season. And you heard it here first on this podcast. What are your final thoughts before we end this podcast? Like, just give me something to end it on. Uh, yeah, you want something to end it on? Here we go. The Pistons just waved Leangelo Ball, Anthony Lamb, and Lewis King. So no more Jello shots. No Jello for you if you don't finish your dinner. Oh, and, and Pistons fans did not finish their dinner. Dude, okay, let, okay. Now that Leangelo Ball is cut, I can finally say this. Fuck all the people that thought he was going to be on the team that were making all those YouTube videos so like stupid. Yeah, like, no, there was mm, there were so many YouTube videos and so many podcasts that were being talked about like the NBA is trying to hide Leangelo Ball from us. Shut the fuck up, dude. What are you talking about? They're not trying to hide Leangelo Ball, dude. He's a 6 foot 5, 240 pound guard that shot 41% from high school and people are still raving about it. Dude, he's a good basketball player. He just wasn't a, he just wasn't an NBA basketball player. And that's it. So, but I mean, it stinks for Lewis King, man. It really does. Um Yeah, his mom's not going to like my posts anymore. That's uh, Yeah. Lewis she King liked all any time you mentioned her her son, she was liking the post. <laughs> she uh, scrolled through Twitter just with his name up. Dude, her and um 
Luke Kennard's mom. They would always like things. Luke hey. Kennard's mom, I've seen her on my time. I've seen her in my notifications a few times, just liking things I said about her son before he was traded. Yeah. So people don't get that confused or anything. I have no idea who she is. She probably just Google searched her son. Yep. But um, yeah, dude, that stinks for Lewis King. I'm, I'm sad. I really liked his game. I thought he could have been a player in the NBA. Not surprised at all by Anthony Lamb being cut. I mean, he was a G League player as well last year. And really, again, not surprised about LiAngelo Ball. We said it on every podcast so we can stop talking about this dude. Thankfully, he's gone. Good luck to you overseas, bro. All right, that's a good spot to end this podcast. Thanks for dropping that news. Check out Everything Pistons Podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a comment, give us a rating. More importantly, hit that subscribe button. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.